Hi there, community. Hope you're doing well. We've been a bit too busy to record this week, so what we've decided to do is set up a microphone next to a UK radio in order to let our international listeners experience British audio broadcasting direct from the source. It's the BBC, so it's almost all about Doctor Who anyway. Have a listen. We present the news quiz with your host, Sandy Toxvig. And welcome to the Oodcast News Quiz. We start with a clipping from the South End Evening Echo read by Charlotte Gittins. Wanted. Handyman to paint inside of telephone box. £250 on completion. <laughs> Our thanks to Neil Toyne for sending us that one. Now let's meet the teams. Would you welcome first, on my right, Chris Sigma and Andy Candish. <laughs> And on my left, Laura Sigma and Chris Alpha. Chris Sigma, it's your turn to start. Can you tell me who is about to take a Bush Tucker trial of a Time Lord? Ah, yes. Well, who indeed? Because this is about Colin Baker going on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, isn't it? It is indeed. Although, uh, obviously, I shouldn't really highlight the word who because the character's name isn't Doctor Who. That's just the title of the show, um, so that wasn't a very good joke. Shut up, nerd. <laughs> right, okay, well, I'm obviously not very happy about this. I don't like the idea of the Doctor slumming it on ITV. I know, it just feels wrong. Um, like when the Nazis hosted the Olympics. I mean, you want to support your team, but you don't want your support to be read as tacit agreement of a corrupt and dangerous ideology. Like, um... Just because you want Britain to win the dressage doesn't mean you want to encourage the genocidal proliferation of the Aryan race. Uh, and I don't like watching adverts. In fact, I think I've said this before, but I really hate reality television. I think it's really killing proper television. Um, why hire a writer to create original and thought-provoking drama when you can stick a bunch of exposure-starved, over-the-hill D-listers on an island and make them eat? kangaroo spleens or earwig moose or whatever for 10 weeks and get the same ratings. I mean, it's a no-brainer. A literally a no-brainer, in fact, because whoever commissioned it has no brains. I'm not sure Colin Baker should be there at all. I mean, he's the doctor. You know, he's the galactic champion of good, a, a role model for intellect and compassion over small-mindedness and, and mediocrity. You don't want to see him caught short behind a tree without a dock leaf to wipe up. But he was the sixth Doctor. It's not like his episode set a particularly high bar. <laughs> ah, but it's still Doctor Who. And he's done brilliant things with Big Finish since. And... I'm going to go out on a limb, but I'd rather watch The Twin Dilemma on repeat than even one episode of some mean-spirited, cynical, snide reality show whose only function is to ridicule others and make them feel small. (laughs) 
I think that is one of the Bush Tucker trials this year. Eat a spider and then sit through vengeance on Varos. Which, of course, was also about a whole planet of people who just watched ridiculous television. I do mean it, though. I'm not blind to the faults of the series, especially in the 80s. But at least they were trying, you know? They were trying to tell stories of distant worlds full of interesting characters, moral conundrums, high concepts. They were stories bigger than the small screen. The fact that they looked like they were shot in a poorly lit supermarket by someone who had never held a camera before is beside the point to a certain extent. They were celebrating the extraordinary. Was he the one with the rubbish coat? Yes. I definitely prefer to watch Strictly Come Dancing. Look, if they're going to put him in, they should at least make it Doctor Who themed. Like, like make them eat an adipose or something. Or they have to build a TARDIS out of palm trees. Or, or they could replace Anton Deck with Sontarans. <laughs> or have someone dress up as a vervoid and hide in the undergrowth. Are they the ones that look like willies? Yes. But I, I think they were meant to be rosebuds. Right, so in summary, I think it's a betrayal of my childhood and I feel undermined and exploited. But I still hope he becomes king of the jungle. Hi there, and welcome back to my occasional series exploring the roots and history of folk music. Last time, we saw how the Doctor had completely ruined many 16th century refrains by saving everyone involved in the song. This week, we'll be exploring folk songs from the Doctor's native planet of Gallifrey, kicking off with this humorous ditty that was reportedly sung by bawdy time ladies as far back as the age of Rassilon. Time Lord, he came home one night. A Time Lord, home came he. There he spied an old TARDIS where no TARDIS should be. It's a box, it's a box, cried the Time Lord's wife. A box, just a box, can't you see? Far have I travelled and much I've seen, but such a spacious box has never been. A Time Lord, he came home one night. A Time Lord, home came he. There he spied a Dalek gun where no gun should there be. It's a whisk, it's a whisk, cried the Time Lord's wife. A whisk, just a whisk, can't you see? Far have I travelled and much I've seen, but a laser firing whisk there's never been. A Time Lord, he came home one night, a Time Lord home came he. There he spied a Sontaran where no Sontaran should be. It's a spud, it's a spud, cried the Time Lord's wife. A spud, just a spud, can't you see? Far have I travelled and much I've seen, but a helmet on a spud there's never been. A Time Lord, he came home one night, a Time Lord home came he. There he spied a green marker where no marker should be. It's two men, it's two men, cried the Time Lord's wife. Two men in a suit, can't you see? Far have I travelled and much I've seen But a less convincing beast there's never been A Time Lord, he came home one night A Time Lord, home came he 
there he spied a handsome man where no man should there be it's yourself it's yourself cried the time lord's wife your future self can't you see far have i traveled and much i've seen but a better looking man there's never been far have i traveled and much i've seen but a better looking man there's never been Hello and welcome to Just Arel being recorded here live on the wonderful planet Earth. More specifically, in the city of London here. And we have four wonderful, erudite and fabulous contestants. And the first contestant who is going to attempt to speak for one minute on a subject that I'm going to give them without hesitation, repetition or deviation is Laura. And that subject is Laura. You will have one minute to speak on the doctor's hair starting now. The doctor's hair is a thing of beauty, and as we know, that is a joy forever. It's bouncy, firm, and yet fluffy in a certain light. Many have commented on the lustre that could only have come from applications of shampoo and conditioner, perhaps even some VO5 hot oil, which is an excellent nourishment for the hair follicle. John Pertwee, the third doctor, had hair that was not unlike the coat of a sheep. Sheep's wool, as we all know, is curly, white, fluffy, and somewhat... And we have another challenge here from Sigma. Um, repetition of the word fluffy. Yes, I'm going to grant that one to you. So that is a correct challenge. So you take the subject on the doctor's hair. With 20 seconds yet to go, you take the subject, Sigma... Beginning now. William Hartnell, the first doctor, had hair that was like long candy floss. He was an old man, so his hair was receding. The second doctor, Patrick Troughton, had a pudding bowl haircut. His hair was black. And there's a challenge. There was a challenge with two seconds to go. From (laughs) Alpha, what's your challenge? Repetition of the word doctor. I'm, I'm not going to allow that because, in fact, the doctors... Yeah, no, the word doctors is on the card, not the word doctor. Ooh, and what do, they, what do the audience think of that? Mm. Oh, fine, give him the point. I don't want it. <laughs> OK, so that's a false challenge. So Sigma gets another point. Nicholas and... Parsons would have allowed it. <laughs> And you have two seconds left, beginning now. The bakers, Tom and Colin, both have... And that's the end of the time, so congratulations. So, the next subject, which I will move straight on with, is... Similarities of Earth quarries and alien planets. And I will give this one to Andy. You have one minute to speak without hesitation, repetition or deviation, beginning now. It is a remarkable fact that Earth quarries are very similar to alien planets, 
we have seen, particularly in the John Pertwee and Tom Baker years, extensive alien planets uh, which look like Earth quarries in uh, the... <laughs> and we have a challenge. This challenge, first of all, was from Loz. What is your challenge, Loz? I think that's going to have to be a hesitation there. Mm, yeah. Yes, I think he was floundering, is what you were looking for. I was for thinking, those. was it Planet of the Daleks or Death to the Daleks? I know what it is now. <laughs> okay, and that gives you 35 seconds to go, Loz. Beginning the irony with... is none of us would have challenged you on the, <laughs> on the veracity of either of those titles. Our listeners would. Yes, uh, giving you... 35 seconds beginning now. Quarries, places where large blocks of stone are meticulously chiselled out by hand or sometimes using heavy machinery such as a tractor or a combine harvester in areas where they are... And there was a challenge there. That challenge came from Alf. Okay, there were two points. Uh, I think both deviation... One is she wasn't talking about the subject, and two, combine harvesters don't work in quarries. Well, they might if you're in an alien planet. Well, I think I'm going to give it to him, because the idea of a, a combine harvester hewing the stone <laughs> doesn't exactly do too well. OK, so I'm going to hand that one over to Alf, who wins himself a point for a correct challenge, Yay. and begins now. Quarries do look remarkably like alien planets, but only really in the sphere of Doctor Who. I have yet to see a quarry appearing as a planet on things like Star Trek, but that is mainly because I do not watch a foresaid programme. And there's a challenge. The challenge is from Loz. I think you'll find... Um, I think you'll find that a quarry has appeared on Star Trek. In fact, there's one where Kirk has a battle with a lizard man who throws rocks at him inside a quarry. Sure, but I think you'll find that what I said was that I don't watch Star Trek, so I haven't seen it because I don't watch it. Uh, and I might, I think it's, it's neither repetition, deviation, or um, what's yeah. the other one? Because I didn't, I, I don't think the question mentions Doctor Who, it just says alien planets. Okay, so... I ha- um, also have a point. The one where Kirk fights a lizard was filmed in the Californian uh, desert surrounding LA. It wasn't a quarry. Okay. Well, whatever. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I've totally lost myself in this. uh, (laughs) All these challenges. But I'm going to allow you to continue with that one. So you have six seconds to go then, Alf. My favourite... Oh, it's not really on an alien planet, actually. But my favourite bit was in the hand of... I'm sorry I haven't a clue. The antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Who, the show which does for comedy what the adipose did for Weight Watchers. You join us today from the plush splendour of this mystery location and let me tell you, we're in for a show as full and chock full of fun as a, and games as a weekend in a travel lodge. <laughs> Legend has it that this location was once the ballroom of Louis XIV in his palace at Versailles, that Winston Churchill led his war operations from the very desk I'm sitting at. 
that the ceiling high above us is the very one that Michelangelo painted before he got round to the Sistine Chapel, and that the stairs in the southwest corner of the room were only installed in 1893 as a naive and primitive defence against the Daleks. But only one of those is true. So while you work out which one of those it is, please welcome our scorer for this evening, Cyber Samantha. So let's go straight into our first game, which is called A Good Man Goes to Cheddar Gorge. In this game, each of the panellists must take turns to say a word, the ostensible object of the game being to avoid completing their sentence. Each word must have the possibility of the sentence being completed in a grammatically correct and meaningful manner, but must never get there. When a grammatically correct sentence has been formed, the player who added that final word is eliminated and play continues with the remaining players until the last play, well, until there's one left. So what I'm going to ask you to talk about is your favourite episode of Doctor Who. And um, we'll start with Andy. My favourite episode of Doctor Who is one that we liked to praise with great admiration of the splendid Things that happen when we see the wonderful, splendiferous episode that we thought we were watching in 1974. Oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna rule you out of the game, there, Andy, because that's not one word. 1974 is three words. It is if you write it numerically. That's it. It counts you're as one. Speaking, Andrew. It counts as one word. I was, I spoke it numerically. You're speaking. The chairman has also spoken. <laughs> For our third round, we will be playing a a couple of rounds of the most exciting parlour game to have come out of Victorian England, which is called Dalek Pot Plant Doctor. It's like rock scissors paper only with three other objects. So the rules of the game are as follows: Dalek exterminates pot plant. Pot plant charms doctor. Doctor beats everything. Go on okay. It. okay. Okay, I got it. So, uh, should we play a little round robin? Yeah, mm. let's so do we it. we start with, with, with Andy and Loz? All right. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, doctor. No, 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 hang on. What? You've got to do it at the same I'm time. Oh, all oh, right. Are you, are you ready? One, two, three. Pot doctor. plant. Oh, Andy, first round to you. So, Andy, you play Chris. Winner, we'll do winner stays on. Okay, I've got a strategy. I warn you, I've got a strategy. Okay. Let's see if it works. One, two, three. Doctor. Oh, he's so good at this. How does he... You're amazing at this. Should should we do a a second place playoff, Chris and Long? Sure. Are you ready? One, two, three. Dalek. plant. Oh! Do I win? You do win. Because Dalek exterminates pot plant. Our final round, we are going to play a, a game called Certain Failures. Um, I have asked the teams to suggest titles of versions of Who stories that would have proved to be surefire flops. Okay. So this time we'll start with Laura. A town called Scunthorpe. <laughs> the dead plant. The terribly nice snowman. Fear hermits. <laughs> <laughs> the hand of friendship. The end of Tim. <laughs> the sound of Michael Bublé. <laughs> Planet of the Dad. 
<laughs> the sea cucumbers. Kinda. The gun pacifists. The nap time of the Cybermen. <laughs> that is basically Tomb of the Cybermen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the girl in the three bar heater. The ambassadors of Denmark. The Ribena operation. <laughs> Curse of the Blackheads. Features, my beans starts to ebb and flow. 
So there we are. Hope you enjoyed it. We're in a lot more BBC Radio broadcasts than I realised. <laughs>